Hey everyone, welcome to the Post Hardcore and More Podcast. I am your host, Jake, along with my beloved co-host, Love By All, uh, probably the more famous of us two, you know, his name, he's a household name, it's Casey. You've got more followers on Twitter and Instagram than I do, I don't think more people know me. It's, it's about the people that you make in real life, those type of connections. All right, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I am a lot more popular than you. This is a competition, by the way. Yeah, everything's a competition here. We're going to compare our album of the year lists, and then you, the viewer, gets to decide who has a better list. Yeah, we've got top five singles, top ten albums, and because this is a, because this is a podcast literally called the Post-Hardcore and More Podcast, we're doing... As post hardcore album as well at the end. Post hardcore album of the year. Our yeah, that... highest award given out. Um I posted a poll on Twitter between so it was the nominees were Dance Given Dance, uh Bring Me the Horizon, Pulses, and another one that probably didn't win. <laughs> So, we'll be deciding out of that list. Um, But first, I want to ask you, Casey. uh, Have you read the Scooby-Doo manga? Alright, top five singles. No, you know, it's called Shag and Scoob. It's on Webtoon. It it started as like... I'm going to out myself here real quick. I don't read manga or watch anime, like, at all. This isn't official, though. This is a fan series. It started out as, like, stupid jokes, and then slowly became, like, a horror comic, and then it turned into, like, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure-type manga where, like, Bugs Bunny has the ability to turn people into TV static. What? Yeah. It's pretty good. You should check it out. I I won't. But thanks for the recommendation anyways, I guess. We're not just talking albums here, people. That is the Webtoon Comic of the Year Award to Shag and Scoop. Um, we also need to talk real quick about the show. It's changing. It's changed, basically, at this point. But we're Yeah, we went from weekly to not weekly. <laughs> yeah, weekly to just not existing. Uh, but we're back. We're going to do month to month. Uh, whatever day this comes out on, maybe like the permanent day per month that we put it out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on the 32nd. 32nd? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I just want to point, let let people know that we're going to do month to month. The show's going to be longer than it used to be. It used to be in like an hour, I guess. But now it's going to be closer to two hours and only once a month. We basically... Oh, Personally, I don't have the time. I'm sure Casey is very busy. Um, sorry, I couldn't stop myself from chuckling. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for not outing myself there, dude. Yeah. Um, but we just needed to not do it weekly because uh, I was going crazy. Um, I'm hoping to do more the rise of insert band here type videos and... I'll probably just upload them as podcasts as well, so those might pop up occasionally. 
Uh, but yeah, I just want to let everyone know that. Uh, thank you for watching. If you are watching, if you're not watching, fuck you. <laughs> They'll never know because they're not watching. Um, and I want to know, Casey, how how did your album of the year process go? How did you decide what your albums of the year were going to be? So for me, it's normally normally like first one I have to like the album right yeah that's that's the obvious first step. obvious yeah <laughs> second step is how much i listen to it because i can't call the album of the year my album of the year if i only listen to it like three times right sure um in and, my case that's not true but sure i don't know for me it's like if i listen to it once and i'm like wow that was really good album of the year i'm probably gonna forget most of it and it just, would just seem disingenuous to put it on there you know uh, yes, that's my middle name, actually. Jake Disingenuous Merrill. Yeah, that, that matches, actually, yeah. <laughs> and the third one is eh, how much I liked it. True. Well, it wasn't yeah. the first one, Do You Like It? So it's Do You yeah. Like It and How Much You Liked It. Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty important. I can't go like, hmm, I like this album, and I like it a lot. In fact, I like this other album more, but it's still not number one. That'd be kind of dumb, you know? Yeah. Mine was, did I listen to it? Yes. <laughs> then it is on the list. <laughs> Incredible. I did not listen to... Uh, we started the podcast midway through the year uh, of 2020. And then we just listened to old <laughs> post-hardcore albums. So I did not even listen to Pulse's new album until like september of this year maybe whenever we did the episode on their album that's when i listened to it yeah uh i listened to a, a lot um yeah <laughs> casey casey is a music man um i wish i could afford a music man those guitars are nice though for real i didn't know that was even called that was <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, no, they're they're super nice. They feel all nice and slick for shreddy fingers like mine. And then I look at the price tag and I put it back down. That's what I do with a lot of things. Um. Oh yeah, I should already also mention that Cody isn't here. If you listened to the show before, Cody is our third host. Um, he's kind of busy with life, you know, having one. So. Uh, he probably won't be on the show for a while. It's nothing bad. Well, mostly nothing bad. It's just... <laughs> well, not interpersonally just going on with his life. Uh, so, you know. We still like the guy. Yeah, we I mean, love Cody. Like more than I do. Uh, no, Casey I loves Cody. Everybody knows. Um, so we should... The guy who sings my band, right? <laughs> what? Cody He's sings in your band? band right? Yeah, he... <laughs> He's that he's that one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, yeah. Uh David actually streams. He's a streamer. So he definitely doesn't sing in the band Polter guys. Um Let's do singles. Let's start with our singles. We're gonna go from we picked five singles from twenty twenty that we love so much we put them on a list. And uh, we put them from five to one. That's how I I did mine. 
So if you did number one to five, KC, you'll have to adapt to my system, all right? I'm the freaking host of the show. I have access to... I could delete the whole show if I wanted to, Casey. You know that? I'm, you could. I'm like God, in a sense. Well, it's not get too crazy. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Happy New Year. Uh, singles, let's start with number five. I'm going to go first, and then you go, Casey, and we'll just go by that. Okay. Uh, so my number five single of 2020 is Handlers. I forgot to water my plants, and they faked their own death. Oh, I had honorable mentions. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me look at my like songs. Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, what was it? Uh, Royal Flush and Gambit from Resilia. Two really good singles that came out. Um, featuring Daisy from I Met a Yeti and Joey from... Anna Moria, both really good songs, really great Swancore songs. Um, that's my honorable mentions. So anyway, number five. Oh, two. <laughs> yeah, two honorable mentions from the same band. Uh, Handler, I forgot to water my plants, and they faked their own death. Number five of my singles. Um, it's a great callback to early PHC and a really solid instrumentation with vocals. The lyrics are well written, and overall, this feels like a very professional first song for a brand new band. I spent some time and talked to the guitarist and lyricist, um, Gian from, I think that's how you say his name, Gian from Handler, and the lyrics are very conspiratorial, and the whole band's vibe is like going off weird conspiracy theories i don't know how much they believe them uh i didn't ask but it's kind of an inter interesting angle for a band um they put out a new single on january 1st so definitely check them out they're very small both their singles have under a thousand plays on spotify so uh casey what is your number five single of 2020 uh, for me, it's Ride Out by Huntsman. It, and they're a kind of like sludgy, proggy doom metal band, kind of like in the vein of uh, Mastodon. If you guys know who that is, uh, they have like I don't I don't really talk about lyrics, so I'm just gonna skip over that the entire time. Okay. But they've got like an interesting kind of vibe going on, where like most bands who try to do that kind of Mastodon thing, like copy them almost exactly it feels like these guys are kind of branching out by using more dip, interesting chord uh, progressions and like actually using dynamics in their songs and actually their album's pretty good too I put it in my top 25 list but you know we're not talking about that yeah. Right Out is a really good single because it also shows like everything that the band is capable of in like a nice little five minute package and it stays interesting throughout the entire thing yeah that's probably how you want a single to be it's like mm -hmm. just a great explanation of what your band is yeah like it's just the perfect explanation of the band everything you hear from this song it's like you hear that throughout the entire album it's it's great if you like you know that kind of mastodon feel these guys are great especially that old school mastodon feel nice 
Um, for my number four single of 2020, I'm going to do Bring Me the Horizon, Parasite Eve. Um, I really love the, like, chorus of vocals at the beginning where it's like, oh, wah, wah, ah, bah, bah, bah. and then it goes into the, his, like, uh, like, kind of, I don't even know what you call it. His, his voice is very sarcastic, I guess. Um, it has a strong chorus, and I like the theming. Um, it's kind of... Parasite Eve came out January, I think, of 2020. Um, the single, and then, you know, the pandemic happened, so... Uh, they called it. Um, I think Parasite... For predicting it. Yeah, Parasite Eve is a, a, like, PlayStation 1 game or something. I don't... I assume that's a reference to that. It's kind of, like... It'd be weird if it wasn't. Um, and the breakdown, uh, it it's cool. It's good. I like that breakdown. Uh, what's your number four, Casey? It is "Garbage Juice" by Juan Bond. They're a they're a newer math core. They're a kind of new math core band. They had an EP out in 2018. They just released their first full length, I believe. If I'm wrong. Uh, you know, somebody could tell me if they know more. Yeah. But they just released their first full length this year, actually, on the uh, first. Sick. Really good. Already my album of the year, because it's the only album I heard <laughs> for this year. Um, but Garbage Juice is a good, like, kind of taste they have. You know, like, the band is, it's got heavy Dillinger vibes, you know? It's a mathcore band. Of course they do. The vocals are very frantic and almost, they kind of remind me of, like, older post tour in a way. It's like Dillinger? What are they called? I mean, uh, Juan Bond. Juan, Juan Bond? Yeah. Okay. They're great. I love those guys. Uh, they've got like a killer electric violinist do kind of like uh, the Callistow boys. Cool. And that outro where he just, where the band's going like at breakneck speed with the vocalist, like, it sounds like he's struggling to keep up, but <laughs> not. It's... It's awesome. I don't cool. mean struggling in a bad way. It just sounds like... Yeah. It sounds like it's outpacing him, but he's keeping <laughs> up. It's fucking sick. I love, like, the whole dynamic it has. The song is called Garbage Juice? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll probably check that out myself. Yeah, Juan Bond is awesome. They they deserve at least a few lessons from everyone. IMO. Uh, Alright, my number three is Enter Shikari, The Great Unknown. This is the last single they put out, I think, for their newest album. Um, it is the opener of the album, so it has a ton of energy. Uh, I love the vocals, I love the writing. The writing is super simple for, uh, I mean the lyric writing, um, is super simple but it's fuck god damn it son of a bitch the internet went out hey hello jake what just happened my fucking internet went out <laughs> <laughs> what's the last thing you heard me say uh you were talking about your number three 
recording? Did I stop the recording? Yeah. No, I it's still recording. Okay, cool. Yeah. We just keep it. In. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh but Ender Shikari the Great Unknown it has been in constant repeat on, in my head. It's just like a super hype song. It's a great introduction to this album. And as a single, it works perfectly. Like it uh it encapsulates the sound of this album in the song. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, what's your number three, KC? Uh, Royal Flush by Rosalia, <laughs> featuring Daisy Chamberlain. Chamberlain? I have no idea how you're saying Daisy's last name. I'm sorry. I think it's uh, Chamberlain. Dude, dude, I cannot say enough good things about this song. This is Daisy sounds amazing. Like, let's get that out of the way. Her screams? Oof. Crisp yeah. and clean. Yeah. And I think the dude's name is John Benoit. I think, if I'm wrong. It is. You're me. right. Okay. He is an incredible guitarist. Those riffs and the leads, like, that is, has such cool interplay with each other. And it's like, I'm a guitarist myself, and just listening to it, it's like, it makes me feel inspired to write something within that vein and then give up because I don't know what I'm doing in the <laughs> genre. But yeah. <laughs> regardless, this is a very good single. It's a very good song. It's getting the traction it deserves. And it's uh, on my number three spot because of all those reasons. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more Roselli songs. I hope they keep up having these guest vocalists. Yeah, it's from... a super interesting idea, especially yeah. in a genre like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number two pick is Hot Mulligan's Equip Sunglasses. A uh, few songs this year have been as ca uh, catchy and fun to sing along to as this song. Using the pumped up kicks method of like a very plucky and fun song combined with sad and angry lyrics. Uh, it's like just my type of song. It's, I played this in ass load this year. It's it kind of reminds me of the 1975, which is weird. Just that's, I don't know what about it reminds me. Maybe because they're British, but <laughs> it's a it's a really good song. I don't know. I think I linked it in our group chat once, Casey. But if you probably have, yeah, I'm not that big on Hot Mulligan, so really, yeah. Well, that's just not my vibe, you know. That's good for the future. <laughs> Remember that, kids. That's a secret. That's a secret. Uh, you go ahead with your number two, Casey. I mean, this one's not a surprise to anyone. Inferior Loathing by With Sales Ahead. Nice. Like, I like these guys a lot. Yeah. I, I love, like, the kind of... They have, like, you know, that kind of proggy post hardcore thing going on. Of course they do. They're in the genre. Uh, Joe is a very good writer. Like, I really want to work with him one day. Uh, Sierra sounds really good on this. And everybody knows this part. You know that bridge with that fucking drum fill? That part is incredible. I want to hear more of that. I like that you said everyone knows this part. <laughs> Dude, it's the part. Like, you know? Like, yeah. That's the part of the song. That just makes you go like, ooh. Do it again. <laughs> yeah like you know the cool post like hardcore verse very shreddy 
cool chords because like joe's an interesting writer because he chooses like not power chords a lot of the time mm-hmm. same with pulses there's a there's a hint for later <laughs> Remember, yeah, they kids. choose like interesting chords which i really appreciate very trico-esque and the chorus itself is fantastic like trico. it's super good yeah trico the pokemon the... what's your number one spot <laughs> i just want to say that uh with sales ahead speaking of them uh by the time this comes out sierra probably has finished our new uh podcast art of us as little animal crossing guys uh so that was done by her uh, if you want more cute art go commission sierra yeah uh if it's not the art something has gone horribly wrong <laughs> um but and you should be worried for both of us but anyway uh touche yeah, more yeah yeah not just me casey too be worried for kate no, be worried for cody um yeah. david anyone involved uh, martin bianchini from <laughs> secret man you gotta be worried about really right now that. um uh my final my number one single for 2020 was touche amore's limelight and uh it's one of these very poetry heavy bands that are just like powerhouses in terms of making you feel stuff and Touche Amour's lead single off their newest LP, Lament, is no exception. Themes of emotional exhaustion and physical pain uh, are, like, very visceral. And what really makes a song for me is Andy Hole's feature from Manchester Orchestra. I've never listened to them. But Andy Hole, sure. the dude, his, like very quiet and soft voice cuts right through the cacophony of the music and his lyrics are haunting and i really love that song so i had to pick it for my number one this year uh what is your number one single casey i guarantee you probably like two people saw this coming Ooh la la by run the jewels Okay. <laughs> if anybody knows around the jewels, I hope you do. They're a rap duo of LP and Killer Mike. Yeah. I the like. first time I heard this song, I was like, "Man, this is a weird ass piano intro." And then you hear Greg Nice come in with "Ooh la la ah wee wee" all the time. That's the chorus. It's great. I it's think I listened to the song actually. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's on good. it's on RTJ four, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I listened to that once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the beat is a fucking bop. LP is the best white rapper. I will not be taking any questions at this time. Fair. Killer Mike is one of the best rappers, like in the game right now. True. I have and a counter argument though. You're wrong. Ronnie Radke. <laughs> I already said you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Continue. But yeah, this song is really fucking good. Uh, the entire album is actually really fucking good nice is that a what, is that another tools? secret hint for the kids no oh okay <laughs> uh all right well that's our singles of the year we only had one minor connection interruption uh that's pretty cool um, yeah the internet going out was actually pretty funny <laughs> not for me casey not for me it was for me. That's all that matters. <laughs> Alright, now we're going to get into the... I hate this phrase, but the meat and potatoes of the podcast. What you're here for. 
Everyone I wanted to know. Mean? I've gotten whatever. I've gotten so many uh, comments, uh, messages asking, Jake, what's your albums of the year? Please tell me. I'm a loyal fan. I listen to the show every day. There's only ten episodes, but I listen every freaking day. And finally, my answer is here. And Casey too, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So let's uh, switch it around, I guess, and we'll start with you, Casey, for your number ten album of the year. Oh boy. Okay, so number ten album of the year is "False Peace" by Acetos. I have no idea how you say this name. Acetos. Oh. Yeah, I'll type it in for you. Okay. That band, Acetos, Acetos. They're like this kind of. Uh, tech death band in the vein of like Gorguts, which I'm sure nobody knows about. And their newest album, False Peace, has like a lot of like heavy post-metal elements to it. The thing that really caught me from this is uh, the production. The production sounds like it doesn't, it's not clear. It's raw. It sounds like oil, almost. Which I feel like as the album as a whole fits that vibe perfectly because well they even have a song called blood into oil but the whole album is kind of like talking about like you know consumerism capitalism etc etc hmm. and it just has like that kind of dark vibe going for it of course it does it's a death metal <laughs> i don't know why i said that but like it has this whole vibe that just really captured me throughout the entire thing favorite song off this album for me is a uh, horse of Turin because there's a riff in there that just gets me going each time. That's just like it's just fucking natural harmonics and chugging. It's fucking incredible. Good, good album. Very good second album from this band. Second album, huh? I got a lot of first releases online. Um. Shit! Wait, I was supposed to do honorable mentions for me, aren't I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had I had a lot of albums, so I wanted to do honorable mentions. Uh, so, oops. Uh, for I'm gonna have five honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. The first one is gonna be Monsters by The Midnight. They're the synthwave band, right? Okay. Synthwave is really cool. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not nostalgic for a time I wasn't born in. Please stop making fun of me. Synth but like, wave. Is that like yeah. when Homer Simpson Bart eats a donut? Like Bart like, Simpson being sad in his bed? Is that what synth wave is? No, that's is? vapor wave. Oh, okay. Synth wave is more like taking the 80s synths from like John Carpenter and like, you know, bands of the time and just like, you know, reusing them for modern music. The Midnight's one of the more popular ones. Mm-hmm. And Monsters is a part of like a three album thing where they're talking about like you know myth spent bitter sweet youth and all that is this it album's... does it have lyrics yeah oh okay cool almost every song is uh has vocals on it there's a few like in in between that are just like spacey uh interludes yeah but for the most part they all have lyrics and this album marks the return of the saxophone, because their last one didn't really have it, and that was, like, the thing that really drew me to this band in the first place. <laughs> so, 
Damn, is that what made it not be in the top ten that lost the sacks? I mean, their last album didn't have the sacks. This one has it in, like, two songs, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> but it's good. Uh, 14, Alphaville by Imperial Triumph. This is a weird-ass black metal band. Like... Aren't they all weird-ass... Uh, no, some of them are, some of them are Satanists. These guys are just like New Yorkers who Gross. talk about like decadence <laughs> and like degradation of the entire city. Cool. It's really interesting to see how they take like other musical influences from other parts of New York and put it into Alphaville. Even if it's subtle, it's there, and I think it's a really interesting idea. I really enjoyed this album. So Alphaville isn't not New York, but it's based on New York. Yeah, but they are concept? like themselves from New York. Yeah, I don't. I don't know fully about the lyrics. It could be a concept album. It probably is, but instrumentally, it's extremely interesting black metal. How many of the members of the band are New York City rats? At least three of them. That's the entire band. That makes sense. Uh, then we got Ten by Trico. Trico's really good. Japanese math rock, you know. Uh, if you know, you know. Ten is really good. It's more experimental than their other album they released this year. It's interesting to see how Trico can manage to release two incredible albums in one year and have them both be so different from each other. Because this album has like experimentation with uh with like some percussions mm -hmm. and some like different songwriting ideas than anything they've done before huh. it's really interesting it's really exciting too king gizzard and the lizard wizard type beat i wouldn't go that far but it is very different from what their normal stuff sounds like i thought it was super interesting hmm. uh, another one locust by Sater. oh yeah just go listen to them like just go listen to Sater. densely it's packed like... songs yeah, a lot to pick great. apart. They are great. They're fantastic. Highly recommend if you like. They're kind of like a weird blend between prog metal and post hardcore, which is really cool. I love it. Uh, last honorable mention, I swear. It's uh, Stare Into Death and Be Still by Ulcerate. It is, they are a death metal band from Australia, so you know they're going to be wild. These guys are dense as fuck with just like the way they sound. Their drummer is one of the best drummers in metal i will not be taking any questions about that ever because if you ask anything else i'm probably going to tell you you are wrong in a loving way this is probably my favorite album by them uh it's really good but it's very dense also it's death metal so if you're not into that you might not be into this yeah if you don't like music then you might not like it yeah Anyways, that's uh, that's my honorable mentions. Uh, number right. ten, false peace by Asitas. There we go. Yeah. I have one honorable mention. It's um, Idol's album that didn't come out this year, but was supposed <laughs> to. Uh, it would most definitely be on this list, probably pretty high. So, uh, just pour one out for that album that was meant to come out but hasn't. Uh, but my number ten is. The Process of Dissension by Animal Jam. This came out literally December 25th. Um, 
we reviewed Animal Jam's last EP this year on the show. You can go back and find that. And we were overall mixed on it. I think, Casey, you liked it a good amount. Yep. I I was sort of middle of the road on liking it, and then <laughs> Cody did not like it at all. <laughs> um, this year's offering, The Process of Dissension, does improve on a lot, but not as much as i'd have hoped for uh the instrumentals are still incredible like that's their strongest suit are their instrumentals in my opinion and they're probably some of the best in like the swan core scene uh the vocals are better than the last time that's what cody hated was the guy's vocals i didn't mind them i thought they were a little annoying in a couple songs but i didn't find that at all um he kind of sounds like the good tiger vocalist in the song transists transcendence which i really liked i wish she would push his voice to be like that more uh and they even added a vocalist for a couple songs which i thought was really interesting it's just another guy in the band that he's just sometimes he sings on the songs and i i really like that idea like I just like the idea of a bunch of different voices being on an EP. Like, I don't know. Um, I really enjoy the EP, but there's still, like, something missing from it. So, like, something to make them really unique that isn't quite there yet. Uh, which kind of is why they landed in the 10th place for me. Um, and they had a minute and a half interlude after the first yeah, I song. Like that, actually. I hated that. I really was annoyed by that. Um, please do not include an interlude of just noises <laughs> in a five-song EP. Um, that is my one request to any band that ever makes music again. Yeah, well, um, we're putting on the next Poltergeist album just for you. I, I have heard there's going to be an interlude, and I'm ready to just top ten worst album of that year, this yeah. year. Uh, but that is my number 10, Animal Jam, The Process of Dissension. Casey, go ahead with your number 9. Alright, this is, uh, my number 9 is Gargoyle's self-titled album. Hmm. Gargoyle, uh, they don't, it's Gargoyle without an E, so, you know, G-A-R-G-O-Y-L. Okay. This is a, this band is, uh, the reason I heard about this band is because their guitarist, Dave Davidson, is someone I really take a lot of inspiration from what is like his name dave davidson yeah dave davidson <laughs> okay <laughs> uh like this dude is like probably one of my biggest influences on guitar he's incredible and this project is god this project's weird it's like gr prog grunge prunge please never say that again but um <laughs> It's a weird, unique blend that I've don't think I've ever heard before. It's like prog in like the vein of like weird technical shit, but not too technical. Just like weird time signatures, different uh, key signatures, all that shit. And then there's just the grunge element, which I've never heard before. And it's the first time I heard it, I was like. It was like the first time I had ever heard Megadeth. I was like, what the fuck is going on? 
And then the more I listened to it, the more I picked it apart, the more I was like, wow, this is sick. Yeah. And it's not everyone's thing because this is this is like heavy on the prog side of things. It's very it's weird. The best way I can describe it is it's weird, it's odd. There's a motorcycle right outside my window that's really loud. <laughs> uh but overall this album was really good for a debut. Like solid nine out of ten. I really loved it. This band is incredible with like dynamics and just songwriting. Nice. Can yeah, I just say that the word progressive gives the same vibes as spaghetti? What? Like the word progressive and spaghetti? They give off the same vibes. I mean, they both have three syllables, so. Yeah. I'm not going to explain myself anymore. Uh, my number nine. explain yourself at all. <laughs> my number nine is Wolves in Business Suits by Properties of Nature. And this is a post-hardcore, swancore type album that kind of went under the radar for me, at least. Um, I, I saw on Facebook they got a lot of streams, though, so obviously I'm just out of touch. Uh, but this is a really good first offering, as well as them putting out a full album. It's only eight tracks, but it's more than most PHC bands put out nowadays like most bands are just dropping eps and singles at this point uh so it's nice to get a full album from somebody and uh the instrumentals are really great though i feel like they are a little hollow i would have liked a fuller sound but i really love the lead vocals of the guy singing he's really good i think he might be screaming as well the screams are like fairly typical for the genre um but I mean, they're they're good. They're just like not unique, I guess. But his the guy's lead voice is pretty good. I like it a lot. Um, the best song on the album is "One Night Stand," which is almost seven minutes. It's like super fun, proggy, post-hardcore type jam. Everything else is good. The first song is good. And the last song is good, and One Night Stand is good. But everything else could be better, in my opinion. Mostly the hooks, like the chorus, they feel a little clunky sometimes. Um, but otherwise, it's a great album. Um, Isaac Wilson from Dwellings features on a song, and I really enjoyed hearing him. I wasn't expecting that, so... Yeah, uh, Properties of Nature is my number nine. Oh, my number eight. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my number eight is The Angel of History by Cryptodira. Mm. Yeah. If anybody likes uh, Mark's Core, you'll love this. You know, like Carl's Mark's Core. It's wonderful. I love the lyrics on this because I actually looked at them because I thought they were interesting. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm all about the instrumentals, and these guys are, like, the most wonderful love child between Cynic and King Crimson that I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, you know, more progressive bullshit, of course. You guys are gonna notice a trend for, like, most of the albums on my list, but, like, 
they're like progressive experimental post death metal or some bullshit like that i don't know it's it's really good the music is extremely interesting there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of cool ideas a bunch of insane riffs that i probably never would have thought of i love like a lot of the guitar lines a lot of them seem very a lot of them have like a kind of methany feel to them which is like a jazz virtuoso kind of legend type deal which whenever i hear it it took me a few listens but whenever i first heard it i was like i swear i fucking know that like lick from somewhere but it's it's really cool it's such an odd mix of like different uh different influences that all come together perfectly sometimes sorry (laughs) sometimes i'll zone out and it's not just you i zone out when everyone's talking it's just who i am and i'll come back to like reality and you'll be saying like jazz core virtuoso whatever strawberry jam and i'll be like what the fuck is he talking about (laughs) i mean that's that's just normal for most people listening to me let's be real yeah it's it's like it's really fucking good is what i'm trying to say it's such an interesting like combination of all these different elements that work into an amazing like product basically yeah i need to listen to it i really love the album art yeah it's it's incredible like they've outdone themselves with this they've got a fan for life (laughs) Uh, best song is the blame for being alive (laughs) i like the name of that so fucking good man oh dog yep dog crypto dyra more like crypto diarrhea Anyway, my number eight pick is Poltergeist Vanta Black. Really? Vanta Black by Poltergeist. Yes, really. Okay. <laughs> okay, you said that. Full disclosure, I am good friends with a lot of the band. Uh, and Casey, this Casey right here in the call with us plays guitar, but not on the CP. Uh, honestly... This might rank lower on the list normally, but being friends with the band and real time, like seeing them create it, really made me love the album, or sorry, EP a little extra. And I also listened to the EP a shitload before it actually came out. Like uh, I was, me and Claudia would just, whenever we went somewhere, I just throw on the EP. So, <clears throat> yeah, voice crack. Fuck off. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I really enjoy a lot of these songs. Hellhound is a banger, Sword Swallower, Fortune Teller, all great songs. Stigmata is a song. Um, my main complaint for the EP, if I had one, is that Jordan Chase's feature on Maelstrom is kind of very understated, but otherwise I... It's just a really good EP. And it's higher on the list because A, like, I have some personal ties to it, and B, it's maybe one of my most listened to EPs of the year. So it had to go a little higher than, like, Properties of Nature and 
and a Mule Jam, who I've only listened to like twice. So, yeah, Poltergeist. They are a band that I know and I like. Yeah, I know them. Yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my number, which one is this? It's seven. seven. So, yeah, my number seven is Speak It Into Existence by Pulses. Hey, I know that band. Yeah, like, whenever we first reviewed it, I was more harsh than I thought, than I intended to be on the first, like, the last three songs. And after Same. getting an itch to re-listen to this album again, I've completely changed my tune, actually. I think those last three songs are... They're not fine. They're perfect for where they're at. They're great, even. Like, it shows off more... They have more songwriting jobs than the, what, like, most of the album is, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, like... It makes for a more interesting listen now that I've kind of, like, decided to give it another chance just because beforehand I was like oh man party band it's like that was such a dumb mindset of me to have <laughs> and I think like I think as a whole the album brings something to the table for post hardcore that is missing as a whole in its experimentation and influences outside the genre to make something new and interesting I agree if any band deserves, like, if any band off of this, like, list of mine deserves a listen, it's Pulses. Because, for oh, one, yeah. they're the only post-hardcore <laughs> post band on, in my top ten in the post-hardcore more podcast. And two, they're really fucking good. Yeah, that should tell you something. <laughs> Casey listens to all these different types of music and... Pulses made in at a fairly high spot at number seven. Yeah, Pulses is... There's something special about that band that I feel like a lot of other bands just... It's not that they don't have it, they just refuse to look for it. Yeah, they kind of just do what everyone else is doing. Instead yeah, like... of innovating. We'll talk about that more later, I feel like. <laughs> oh, you think, Willie? Yeah, I think we might. Remember, yeah, kids? They're my number seven pick. <laughs> um, nice. My number seven pick is Eggy Pocket by Bill Murray. Uh, Bill we Murray... Have very different opinions on this, on this EP. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, I... I think Bill Murray's okay, generally. I... I was fine with his last uh, album, Rich Sips. Like, I listened to it uh, two or three times, but I kind of just got tired of it. Like, the way he writes is kind of, like, generic, I guess. But I like his voice, and I think Eggy Pocket is, like, the best version of what Bill Murray wants to be as a, a concept. Um, so it's like a combination of like super serious lyrics, good instrumentation, and like meme production. Uh, it, it shouldn't work, <laughs> but it kind of does for me. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And yes, the album also features John Mess's second ever feature, and we all know I'm a John Mess simp. So, you know, I'm not saying that's why it's on here, but it may have attributed to it 
what's your thoughts on this album? I'm interested. I don't remember what you, I'm assuming bad, but I'd like to know why you don't like it. It just seems very... I don't know, the songwriting just doesn't seem that strong to me. Like, the entire time, I was just thinking, I could just be listening to something else, you know? Like, True. it's fine for people who like it, but for me, it's very... It's just not interesting to me, like, at all. The dude's vocals don't, like, capture me. The instrumentals don't really do anything for me at all. And the production low-key annoys me. Mm, like the meme production or just, like... Yeah. Okay. The meme production, some of the samples, like, I... I'm not sure if I'm misremembering, but, like, there are some, like, samples in there from, like, dumb memes and, like, dumb, like, old TV shows that I just did not vibe with at all. Yeah, there's, like, a a Taco Bell, you know, the dong. There's a Taco Bell bell, yeah. Yeah. That, that on its own is fine, but, like, there's more there that I just didn't like. I don't know. It's it's fine if people like it. I'm sure a lot of people like it. I just, I just don't. Yeah. I like the name Aggie Pocket. That oh, might be my favorite part of the album, but I actually I enjoyed it. the <laughs> I enjoyed the album. I I probably won't go back to it much, but I did think it deserved number seven, just in the scheme of things, uh, for how much I liked it. Uh, so I guess we're on to number six for you, Casey. Okay, my number six is uh, Luan by Rip to Shreds. Mm-hmm. Rip to Shreds is a one man death metal project from somewhere in california i don't remember i think it's san jose i don't remember but Mm. it's all made by this one dude i think he's like i think he's chinese american i could be wrong uh his name is andrew lee and this dude is he's awesome right like i love this guy all the music he does is really good despite some of it being super weeby like weeb grindcore is a thing i didn't know i hated and liked at the same time but he made it it's really interesting not interesting it's just it's grindcore it's pummeling grindcore it's such a casey sentence i didn't know i liked weeb grindcore (laughs) yeah and i'm still not sure if i do but yeah luan is it rip to shreds is kind of like a more serious death metal project of his that talks about more like of chinese and taiwanese history I'm not sure if he's doing vocals in, like, Chinese, because I it, it's death metal. If you can understand the vocals, <laughs> you've got more problems in your life than I do. Uh, but, like, as a whole, it's, like, very reminiscent of, like, old-school, like, HM2 boss pedal death metal, which is which has a very soft spark in my heart. And, like, with Ying Fei Malmsteam shredding solos all over the place, it's really sick. It's not for everyone because it's death metal, of course. But for me, I loved this. I listened to this to death. To Uh, death metal? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Favorite song off this album is either opening salvo or the song right after that. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Hey, Miura Rido Shengjiao Part 2, or in English, Massacre at Blackwood Cliff, Sun, Moon, Holy Cult Part 2. Okay. <laughs> Super death metal name, right? Yeah. Yeah, love this band. Love Andrew Lee, great guy. All right, what's your number six? <clears throat> My number six is 
Should be no surprise to anyone. Dance Gavin Dance after Burger. What? Number six? That's not high enough, you say. You simp, you stupid simp for Dance Gavin Dance. You dumb idiot that loved the band so much. Look, I just want to start off by saying that I did not enjoy Arse that much artificial selection. Uh, but I really enjoyed Afterburner. It feels like Arse and Mothership had a an inbred child. And there are a few songs I do not enjoy much, like Lyrics Lie. But most of the songs are bangers, in my opinion. It's just... I feel like I've accepted that they won't make anything up to the standards Mothership set. And I'm, like, kind of getting used to that, I guess. Like, I'm not as sad. Like, I'm not as hateful of things that aren't like Mothership. So, uh, some of the best songs on there. Parody Catharsis might be one of DGD's best songs overall, in my opinion. I really enjoy that one. Um... Uh, fucking Night's Way is a good one. Parallels is a good weird one. They they did some things that I wasn't expecting. The the global warming song, I'm not even going to try and say the Spanish uh, word, but all those are really great songs and to me made the album worth it. Uh, stuff like Nothing Shameful. This is my hot take, Casey. This is my hot fucking take. It's flaming, actually. It's flaming in my hand. This take, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna serve it out to the world. We might okay. get canceled over this one. Okay. Nothing shameful. If you take out Andrew's verse, it's a shit song. It's fucking awful. Boring. Chorus is bad. Chorus is almost unlegible to understand what the fuck they're actually saying. Uh, Tillian's parts are not good. John's parts are not good. Bad song if you take out Andrew's very incredible verse. Like, it's night and day between his verse and the rest of the song. And it confuses me greatly. Uh, also, Into the Sunset, probably their worst closer ever. Um, but you didn't hear that from me. Uh, so yeah, that's my number six, Afterburner by Dance Gavin Dance. And we're moving on to our top five now. We should probably do like a... Did you have any thoughts you want to share on Afterburger, Casey? I should ask. No. No? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's recap our top five real quick. So I... Last five. Uh, yeah, the last five. Number 10 to number 6 is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So my number 10 was Animal Jam. My number 9 was Property of Nature. My number 8 was Poltergeist. My number 7 hey, was Bill Murray. And then my number 6 was Dance Gavin Dance. Alright, my number 10 was Acetas. I still have no idea if I'm saying their name right. Uh, number 9 was Gargoyle. Number 8 was Cryptoidita. Uh Number 7 was Pulses. And number six was Ripped to Shreds. All right. Let's get on to our number five. What's your number five album of the year, Casey? Makuda by Trico, otherwise known as the Black Album by Trico. Hmm. So their other I, album. Yeah, their other album. <laughs> you know, crazy-ass Japanese math rock that has, like, 
kind of almost J-pop-esque vocals. I need and to there's check something, that out. Yeah, there's something infectious about this band to me. Like, they have put out nothing but good music, in my opinion. But I wasn't expecting, like, either of their albums this much this year. And I was surprised whenever I listened both times, and both times I went like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> like, genuinely, I can't think of anything I would... I can't think of a reason why I would dislike this album. Like, it's got, like, interesting guitar work. It's got interesting drum work. Like, their drummer is a machine. Whoever their drummer is, they need more gigs. But yeah, like, everything about this album is just high-key incredible. Uh, every song is good. There is no bad song. If you think there's a bad song on this album, uh, that's fair. But stop <laughs> it. Um, the best song is the third one. I can't name any of these tracks because they're all written in kanji, and I can't read that. But yeah, every song is good. I This band's incredible, man. I I want to I want to go see them live. <laughs> go to Japan. They tour America sometimes. Cool. I'm yeah. just saying, lads, trip to Japan so we can go see Trico and go to the Super Mario World. I'm not going to Super Mario World. Come on, you fucker! Why would you ruin? You want to ruin the fun like that? Yeah. We're gonna so go see your freaking math rock Japanese band. You can't go Super Mario World. Yeah. Alright, well, anyway. Listen, I can Super Mario World anywhere <laughs> I want, but Japanese math rock? Only in Japan. True. But yeah, Trigo's incredible. What's your number five? My number five is Bring Me the Horizon Post-Human Survival Horror. And I just want to start off saying I've never listened to Bring Me the Horizon before. There's one song that I can't remember the name, but Claudia showed it to me. It's called, like, Can You Feel My Heart? Yeah, that one. Uh, that's a pretty good song, and this album reminded me of that song a lot. It, I, I don't know, but I'm guessing it's kind of a return to form for them. And I liked it a lot. I, the mix of, like, I want to say synth, or just, like, electronic-y noises, and the heavy riffs are really good. Um, Ludens is definitely a highlight of the album. It slaps ass. It was made for Death Stranding, and uh, they just put it on this album, I guess, but it's a standout track, definitely. Um, the tracks do start to feel a little samey once you listen to them a lot, but, uh, you know, there's like a baby metal feature in it, which is cool. Um, the closer is kind of weak. Um, I'm not super into Amy Lee. I don't. I guess everyone's pretending like they listen to Evanescence a lot more than that one song that everybody knows. But I'm not. I don't really like. Oh, you're calling out a lot of people right now. <laughs> no one listened to Evanescence that much. It's bullshit. I don't believe it. There was a rumor in my school. It wasn't a rumor. My best friend told me this. I don't know why, but he said that. That Linkin Park was the one that does the rapping parts in that Evanescent song, Bring Me to Life. But Trapped wrote those lyrics, but Linkin Park stole them. 
I have trouble believing that. None of that is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. Unrelated. Anybody who listens to this, if you clown on Trapped on Twitter, please stop. Not yeah. only are they bad, you look like a clown. You're just Nobody giving them attention. Them yeah, they're they're already banned anyways. But like, stop it. Yeah. Make music instead. Yeah. What well, the hot takes are flying right now. Um, but what's your number four, Casey? RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Nice. I love this album. I love this album. I listened to this album to death when it first came out. Every song is good. Every feature is good. Every production choice that LP made on this album might rank among some of his best. Like, this production, the production on this album, I don't know what it is, but that kind of, like, almost bit-crushed bass throughout most of the songs, there's something about that that just awakens me, like, properly. <laughs> I love bit-crushed bass, and I don't know why, but, like, every song is good. Like, Out of Sight, 2 Chain sounds better on Out of Sight than he does his own album. <laughs> And I actually really liked that 2 Chains album. No lie, it was good. I like, I've already spoken about Ulala. Out of Sight is incredible. Holy Kalamafuck. That beat switch. Uh, I had to like replay that the first few times I heard that because I couldn't believe I, I was like, did they just do that? And they did. And it sounded incredible. Walking in the snow. Like, everybody's already spoken about walking in the snow. And Dave's spoken about it better than I ever will. So I'm just going to say that song is good as fuck. It's incredible. Probably the best song on the album. Or just. What I'm trying to say is, RTJ4, very good. Go listen to it. Nice. What's your uh, number four? My number four, it might sound familiar, Pulses, Speak It Into Existence. I know those guys. Uh, this album is going to set massive trends in the post-hardcore and swancore community. I can feel it already resonating with a ton of people. First of all, their their like community outreach is incredible. Like they'll talk to anyone, they'll say what's on their mind. They're not afraid to call out shitty practices from other musicians, which I really enjoy. Yeah, them as people, like them as people, like they're probably among some of the best dudes in like the scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm super excited to see what they do next. Casey said a lot of my points already, uh, but their music is just super incredible and fun and exactly what the scene needed. Uh, Louisiana Purchase and Exist Warp Breaks are some of the best songs on the album, definitely. Um, yeah, you just gotta check it out. Um... My top three were super strong. If they were not, pulses would be up much higher. Uh, but I guess it's time for your number three, Casey. This shouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah. Obsessed by Protest Hero.
Oh, okay. Yeah, protest. Yeah, like, it's, it's fucking protest, man. I completely forgot about the when I was making this voice crack when I was making this list. I don't know I why. I couldn't forget about them. <clears throat> this album just stuck with me. It's some of the best work since like Actually, I can't say that. I like all their albums. Yeah. Everything Grotes does is good. But this album is like incredible. I feel like this album has more of a focus on Roddy because like or Roddy, whatever. I don't know how to say his name. I think it's like, Roddy. Yeah, after he like you know, blew out his voice, this album feels like it's him trying to prove himself and you can hear it because it's the best he's ever sounded. I I think this he is blew out his voice. Yeah, he had like he he damaged his voice on tour in like 2016 or 2018, uh -huh. and it took a while for him to like build it back up. I oh. don't remember the exact details, but he did something bad to his voice, hmm. and this album is—it's not a return to form. It's him coming back better, like. Even the screams sound better. His normal vocals are like even better than before. I can only say better so many times before it starts to sound like not a real word anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's protest the fucking hero. The instrumentals are incredible. I I've already spoken about this album at length beforehand, and y'all know I already love this. Yeah, you should check it out our episode where we talked about it. Uh, favorite songs? Can't choose one. Listen to them all. From the Skies is probably my favorite off that record. From the Skies, incredible. Uh, all Hands, The Fireside, Gerdania's. Skies is my favorite off Volition, and From the Skies is my favorite off this one. Really? Yeah. Skies is favorite. I, mean, I it's fucking a good love closer. Skies. It's a good-ass closer, but I don't mm -hmm. know. Without Prejudice and Plato's Trip or Tight or whatever. Tripartite. Yeah, that. Those are both probably my favorites yeah listen to palimpsest incredible album also listen to volition also listen to volition oh and while you're at it you should probably go back to scurrilous too um fortress and desia what about pacific myth yeah pacific myth is really good to do but i get why some people don't like the album hmm. all right thanks for watching our protest the hero short podcast now back to the main show um, Good Tiger, Raised in a Doomsday Cult, is my number three pick for the year. was an early album of the year pick for me i love the vocalist voice i forgot his fucking name so don't at me um i love the hooks i love everything about this album the closer the fucking closer is incredible and like a perfect conclusion to what they build up throughout the album i i feel like hints of a concept album in the lyrics but uh, they haven't seemed to confirm this the Closer, in particular, it has a guest 
vocals from the producer of the album, which is so weird. And That's pretty cool, though. Uh, yeah, I really love it. And his voice is so nice. Oh, and it goes great with uh, the main vocalist. It's a good ass album. Like, I was not up on Good Tiger. Their first album, it's okay. I like some songs off it. Their second album, I just did not listen to. But this one really gripped me. Um, so yeah, that's why it's my number three of the year. Uh, go ahead, Casey, with your number two. All right, my number two is uh the self-titled Leanne La Havis album. This album's kind of like R&B, folk, soul stuff. I, I really don't know what it is. <laughs> That's a like, lot of words together. <laughs> yeah, I, I legit think it's just like folk and R&B mixed together, or folk and soul. I would be real, I don't know the difference between R&B and soul still. I've been listening to the genre for the past 20 years. I still don't know the difference. Uh, anyways, I was enraptured the first time I heard this album. I could not stop listening to it. I did not expect to like this album so much. I put it in my top 10 list, let alone number two. Her voice, her voice is. It's infectiously good. It's incredibly smooth, but powerful at the same time. And her as a musician, she's. I feel like her like instrumental work on this album is just underrated just because of her voice. But the instrumental work on this album is incredible. Like, how many times am I going to say incredible this podcast? It's <laughs> it's super good. There we go. There were like chord progressions that I never would have thought of. There are like ideas percussively that I've heard before but never in this context and have it work this well. This album is like a puzzle that just came together perfectly even if I wasn't expecting to do a puzzle because I normally don't do puzzles. Yeah. She also has a cover of Radiohead on this album <laughs> that when I first heard it I was like is that Radiohead? And it <laughs> was. And it's it's in her style. It's like it's in her style, you know, of course it is, because it's a cover. Yeah. Does it such justice that I think it might be my favorite Radiohead cover, like, ever made? I think I like this cover more than the original song. This entire album is good. If you like R&B of any kind, you've got to give this album a try, at least. It's incredible. There's that word again. Do, do you think the Radiohead cover like melds in with the rest of the songs? Well? Yes. Yes. Like it it works perfectly in the context of the album. That's good. I hate I'm 
very suspicious of, of a cover right. included in an album. But if it fits in. Like, yeah. it, I feel like she put it in because she knew it fit in. Because she made it fit in. Because it's yeah. cover. Yeah. It it works. The full album's good. Please yeah. give this a listen. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, we're on number two. number two. Yeah, my number two is Inter Shikari. Nothing is true, and everything is possible. So impatient, yeah, I wanna cut corners I stare at the skyline, reach for a lifeline I shout into the great unknown If there's anyone out there Wow, that really did get high up on your list Yeah, uh, I, the only song I've ever heard from Inter Shikari was Sorry You're Not a Winner Everyone who's into post-hardcore has heard that song Uh, there's a reference to that song in the Pulse's speak into existence album i listened to this album december 27th (laughs) for the first time and it blew me the fuck away i have been enamored with this album since and it's worked its way up to to second place on my 2020 list which is kind of insane i don't know what that says about me but it it's kind of like it feels like the first time I listened to Dance Gavin Dance, and I was like, oh, this is what music can be. Like, that sort of feeling. Um, I think you kind of said that earlier for an album, Casey. Did I? I think you did. Something like that. Or, like, the first time you listened to Mastodon or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for Huntsman. Yeah. Uh, I said that about their single. Um... This album is like electronic rock, electronic core. I've I don't listen to anything like that really, but this I I might have to start cuz this is such a cool sounding album through and through. I love the anti-authority lyrics, the expressions of loneliness fueled by like the digital age. And just the balls to include, like, a fucking orchestral symphony piece for absolutely no reason. Like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Even if you're not into electronic rock, I have to recommend trying this album. Because you might be surprised, really. It's... It is a surprising album. And I'm definitely going to go back and listen to a lot of Shikari discography. Um, cause I need to know more about them. Um, but we're on to our number ones of the year. First, I wanted to read, so I put out a call on our discord and there should be a link somewhere on whatever you're watching to the discord and you can join. And we're in there when we talk about new music and stuff like that. Um, Eric, a long time discord user we love that guy yeah i said hey gamers if you put your number one album of 2020 and a short slash long explanation as to why we'll read on the podcast tomorrow so he was the only one yep eric was the only one (laughs) and uh he said 
My number one is On Your Computer by Thought Crime. T-H-O-T Crime. Super cool, sassy cyber grind that feels like a fusion between CU Space Cowboy and The Locust with their own twist. It feels fresh while also enticing older core fans. So, that's... <coughs> that's Eric's <laughs> number one pick for 2020. A very good number one pick, actually. You know that album? You listen yeah, to it? I listen to it. I listened to it maybe twice, so I couldn't put it on my, you know, end of the year list. Yeah. But I really enjoyed what I heard. Yeah. And I feel like he's right. There were, like, moments... Not even moments. The entire album. I was just getting vibes back to The Locust a lot. And now that he's... Whenever I read it, I was like, yeah, no, there is a lot of C-Space Cowboy influences, and there isn't there. <laughs> Very good album. I recommend. Yeah, so thanks to Eric for... Uh... Being the one person to reply to us. You're uh, the best, Eric. Yeah, you the best. Uh, so, Casey, go ahead. What's your number one album of 2020? Abscess Time by Pure On. This is another band that's in the vein of Gorguts. Like, I'm going to give you all a little death metal history real quick. Okay. Back in the 90s, Gorguts was just another kind of run-of-the-mill death metal band from Can Canada, if you would, Canada. Yes. And then, you know, they released two albums that were pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Actually, pretty, really good, now that I'm thinking about it. The Erosion of Sanity is a really good record. But then they decided to go entire like an entire new direction with their third or fourth output. Obscura is the weirdest fucking slog a lot of people will ever listen to if they're into death metal. It is one of the most dense albums I've listened to still to this day. I love that album. And I still struggle to listen to it all in one sitting. It is one of the most influential albums in death metal, especially in this techier side of death metal. And there's a slew of bands that are that wear that influence on their sleeve. Puron is one of those bands. But with this new album, Abscess Time, it feels like that they've created their own Obscura Abscess Time is one of the weirdest album that they've is the weirdest album that they've made. Beforehand, they had like a lot of math core elements along with like that gore guts feel, which I loved. But with this, they keep that and add in a healthy dosage of like post metal and noise rock, because there are just parts where it feels like almost freeform like jazz <laughs> at times. Where it's just like no time signature, no idea what it's doing. It feels like all improv. And then they break into a crazy frantic riff 
or a haunting melody with the vocalist crooning over it. This is the first album this year that I was like, I've got to look up these lyrics. Mostly because <laughs> the vo- the lyricist is kind of incredible. Really? I think he is one of the best, like, poets in the metal scene, if not in general. He has a lot of, like, purple prose, you know, like, very showy, without, like, it being too showy that it loses all meaning. The album itself gives, like, it gives me imagery, which... I don't tend to have when I'm listening to an album, you know, mm-hmm. like that stereotypical, like big industry plant with smoke pluming in a, like a blood orange sky behind it. Yeah. That's the image this album gives me, which okay. is apt because a lot of the lyrics are about like working yourself to death. The cost of like capitalism and how we're destroying this planet and the animals and et cetera, et cetera. Like, shit, look at some of these song titles. Like, Human Capital, <laughs> Quartered Animal, Ratting Life Cycle, which is talking about, you know, managers and CEOs always coming up again and again. Damn. I love this album. It's my favorite album of 2020. I don't think I can recommend it to most people because it is incredibly dense. It is not an easy listen. But if you do listen to it, with the lyrics you'll find that there is no better vessel for its message there is no better album that encapsulates our society today in my opinion from last year all while staying interesting musically and lyrically like the final verse of the first song is the rush of our pus will bleach the cruel streets for when all is corruption, no act is obscene. You can dissect that in a lot of different ways. <laughs> You'll still probably come to the same conclusion. Ew. I love this album. <laughs> I don't think I can recommend it, but <laughs> this album is fucking incredible to me. Uh, I don't think I've listened <laughs> to an album anymore than well, this one. Another classic Casey sentence. I love this album. I don't think I can recommend it. <laughs> if you don't like death metal, especially of like more dense kinds, then you would not like this. <laughs> but if you do, this is a easy recommend, a hard recommend. Nice. Yeah, that's I mean that's interesting to me. I I feel like I might not like it, but I'm kind you of should, interested you just like to read the lot. lyrics. You should at least look at the lyrics because I feel like you would like them. At yeah. least they're not very personal, but they talk about you know like just society as a greater whole, and I feel like you would just like how well written they are. Yeah. Definitely. Anyways, yeah, that's my number one. Wow. Yeah, number one for Casey, Proton, ab- absence of abscess. Oh, you certainly ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, abscess time by Piron. Um, Funnily enough, I actually think a lot of the bands on my list are from New York. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Imperial Triumph, Cryptodera, Biron, uh, Trico. Trico's from New York? No. Uh, are you? Oh my fucking god. Uh, <laughs> You're number one, though, Jake. I'm curious. My number it's not one. DGD, which is a shock. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll like this one, Casey. My number one is Hot Mulligans, You'll Be Fine. This is a kind of weird pick for me. I am the post-hardcore guy, and this is kind of decidedly not post-hardcore, but it really gripped me. So first of all, I learned about this album from a YouTuber named Nate the Mate, and I never watch it. The most I've watched of like music YouTube is like uh, f fucking Fantano. But I don't know, this just the name Hot Mulligan intrigued me, because in a, in a card game you mulligan your cards, like Magic the Gathering, you mulligan your cards to get a new hand. And I was like, I know that word. <laughs> so I clicked the video, and I wrote, I wrote like paragraphs for every other pick I had, but for Hot Mulligan I just wrote three things. Sad lyrics, screechy vocals, fire music. The trifecta. The trifecta, yes. His vocals are, like, just attuned to what I would like. And it just, it, it like, I feel like he could sing everything he says in these songs and have the same effect, but... I really admire that he chose to do these screaming, screechy type vocals. Um, it I feel like it just adds a lot of texture to each song, and it makes these lyrics that are so incredibly like pertinent and like uh, there's not much of a better word besides sad and like there's angst to it. It's they're really good lyrics, and I feel like. E People our age, me and Casey's age, like mid twenties. <laughs> yeah, I I'm more mid twenties than Casey, but mid twenties. Yeah, oh wait, shit! I'm twenty three now. <laughs> you fucking old man. Uh, we're like you know, college is a thing. Like maybe for you, a <laughs> college like feeling like you're a nobody like. There's a lot of stuff in here that I felt I could connect to. And all the songs are fun to listen to. Like, they're sad songs, but they're also vibrant. And they have, like, a lot of bounce to them. And you could just play them at a party of people that wouldn't mind a song like these. And they probably wouldn't notice how upsetting some of them are. So, uh... For me, it had to be You'll Be Fine by Hot Mulligan. It just... It was too perfect, especially for this year where everything's been, like, chaotic and, you know, you're afraid of fucking dying, getting sick and dying. Uh, sad music is my comfort zone, so... 
I like how both of our albums are just like we both go like, yeah, this is the perfect feeling of this past <laughs> year, but we both have really different interpretations of how we want of like how we feel about that year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm angry about it and the corruption. You're sad about it. Yeah. And the death. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What would you rate it? You're the best. You're the best. Oh my fucking god. Rock Mulligan forever. Can we get copyright stroke for that? No. <laughs> okay. Um, copyright you, stroke? Is that what you just said? Stroke? No. Yeah, copyright stroked. Struck? <laughs> Struck, yeah, that's the past tense. You're right. You wouldn't even say that. Just copyright striked. And oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, Mantano. Love you. Um, Bald-headed, bad music taste having. Oh my god! I don't want to talk about Fantano or our fucking album of the year video. <laughs> but we still have one award that we gotta give. And the best post core album. I should look. At, I cannot remember the fourth. Obviously, they're not gonna rem- win if I can't remember who they are. But I don't want to be rude. Uh, I can already tell you who won. If you want me to, I can talk about the album. Like, right now, as you look it up. Okay, so, our nominees... And we did a Twitter poll. The poll did not decide who won. I just want to make that clear. Um, They won the poll anyway. If that gives it away, I'm sorry. But I just wanted to say that, because I feel like I wasn't clear. Like, this was our choice from the beginning. Uh, but our nominees are Lament by Lime Fucking yeah Lament by Touche Amore uh, Speak It Into Existence by Pulses Afterburner by Dance Gavin Dance and Post Human Survival by Bring Me the Horizon and Can I announce a winner? You can announce a winner Casey go ahead Oh yes the most the best post hardcore album of the year the most innovative most creative, most... It sets the standard for all new post tour. That's right, it's Afterburner by Dan Shut Gavin the fuck up, you motherfucker. Best no, you idiot. I hate you. Oh, my <laughs> Not God. Pulses. Yes, it's, it's Pulses. Pulses speaking into existence. Everything I said about everything I was joking about the afterburner, I actually mean with pulses. It is extremely innovative. It's extremely creative. It's there are only so many ways I could describe this without without me getting redundant. But like the album is quite possibly one of the best albums, like one of the most creative albums I've heard in this genre to date. And, you know, I've been exploring the genre a lot last year since I just got into it. Yeah. I think they're all, like, individually very skilled musicians, obviously. Yeah. 
I have no all, idea. They're like all writing and singing and screaming and writing lyrics. Like there's not there's not like a lyrics guy and there's not a guitar guy. There's not yeah, a drum guy. Just musicians. Yeah, they do it all really. They write, yeah. they sing. Like they may not always sing and they may not always scream and they may not always play different things, but on the album, like at least I think everyone like at least does one other thing than their usual thing. Yeah, the the biggest thing about this album to me is the fact that the this band takes inspiration from outside of post hardcore. Yeah. And I feel like that is I've talked about this a little bit, but that is something that has that's something that I feel like needs to be done more because otherwise you're just making redundant music that we've heard before with maybe a twist on you know like the licks or the riffs but otherwise it's close to the same vocals it's close to the same lyrical ideas and while i'm not too big into lyrics a lot of i feel like some of pulses are different from the majority of post-hardcore bands yeah and I think, like, taking influence from outside the genre is something that needs to be done if we want the genre to continue growing as opposed to just dance, Gavin, dance again. Yeah, I feel like a lot of... I feel like a lot of post-hardcore is, like, very, you know, inside-your-own-head, personal-type lyrics, like... What Which is fine. you're feeling, but... Pulse is definitely, like... Their lyrics feel encultured almost, like they're talking about way different things, they're referencing tons of shit in each song. Uh, they're referencing other bands, like I said, they reference Inter Shikari one song. They reference Lil Wayne, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They have like, there's like a bridge where they just use the lyrics from an Avicii song, I think. The Express Yourself, that song, I don't know what it's called. But they just lifted those lyrics and used them, and that's so weird, but also pretty cool. Like, and just speaking to their community stuff, like, I put that poll up, and they were the only band to share it. <laughs> and you know, obviously the other bands are much bigger than them, so they probably didn't see it. But you know. I don't think if you're a band you have to like I feel like you can talk and speak to the community the way Pulses does no matter how big you are while and... we're on the topic of like oh sorry I didn't no, realize you, you can go on I was just word vomiting I think another band that like I think one other band just you know to put it like give another example that's a like to Pulses in that they take influence from you know, not just post-hardcore, is Let Live, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're band, like Let Live and Pulses, they need more variety. Yeah. They need to talk about more issues than just your issues, you know? Yeah. The genre needs to evolve, and if Pulses is going to lead that, I'm more than happy to follow behind it. And there are people I see on, like, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, not Facebook because I don't have that, I see some of these motherfuckers trying to say pulses is the next DGD. No, they're not. They're the first. They're going to be the first pulses, and they're going to be fantastic. They are fantastic. 
this man deserves all your attention. Yeah, the next DGD, copying DGD, that kind of discourse is so annoying. <clears throat> Especially because you can tell they just did not listen to the album that hard. Yeah, they listened to maybe, like, one song. Because, like, you know, there is influence there, and that's yeah. undeniable. But to say that they're, uh, they're copying them is just stupid. Yeah. Like, it, it shows that you didn't listen to the fucking album. Um, but yeah, that's our post-hardcore record of the year, Speak It Into Existence by Pulses. Uh, we are super happy to put out this episode. My voice is shot. Um, it was super fun to record again. Feels like it's been forever. Yeah, who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's John. Oh, I went to... This is random. I went to Christmas dinner at my family's, and my family's oh, friend was there. My my mom and dad's like family friends, and they have like this three year old kid, four year old maybe. Ew. And he walked up to me and he said, "Hey, do you know Alpha Rune or Delta Rune, the the Undertale game?" And I didn't know Deltarune, actually. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he just said, bruh. <laughs> and walked away. And then he proceeded to say bruh all night. And um, I, don't, I don't know what else to say besides that. Like, it's a good book into the show. Oh, I, I want to book into the show. Okay, go ahead. GGG stands be gone. Damn. Well, you heard the man. Clear the fuck out. <laughs> Just we kidding. You can hang out. Episode. We are Pulse's fan in this, uh... the fuck is this podcast? If DGD stands have to clear out, then I have to leave the podcast. You're goddamn right you do. Goddamn I've got my right. slapping hand ready. I've got my recording equipment ready just so I can take over. Oh my God. I've even got your birth certificate so I can become you. My birth certificate? I am Jake Merrill now. Okay. <laughs> you can <All> be right. <laughs> me. Enjoy the bad credit. Speak off?